Absolutely anything is possible in America when you are white and male. I am an extremely busy person. I love documentaries, but I usually watch them belatedly. And I just watched one called The Murder of Lacey Peterson on Hulu. And I am extremely appalled, outraged, and irate after watching it. After you listen to this podcast, I'd like for you to make sure that you read an excellent book. It's called 33 Reasons My Brother Scott Peterson is Guilty. And the author is his half-sister, who was given up for adoption by his mother before he was born. And her name is Anne Bird. It's really curious that Anne is nowhere in this documentary. Only his other sisters who defend him are interviewed in this Hulu documentary. But this book is excellent. Like me, Anne Bird will always believe that her brother is a killer. But because he's white, there are going to be endless legal motions, tons of people deluded and defending him forever. It doesn't matter that other people with absolutely no evidence against them are on death row and murdered regularly. Here is someone, even in the midst of the chaos of this messy trial, with all of this evidence against him, and he is still being given the benefit of the doubt because he is white and male in America. And we do indeed live in two Americas, one black, one white, one rich, one poor. I will never believe that some random robbers and or some random satanic cult had anything to do with the typical everyday spousal murder of pregnant Lacey Peterson. Pregnant women are killed by the men who make them pregnant every second globally. Femicide is a sport globally. So there's nothing unique about that in and of itself. But there are very many unique things about this trial. And the one that stands out, the one that is the reason I will always believe Scott is a double murderer, is the fact that he called his side piece. She was not a mistress because mistresses are always aware that you are a married man. And Amber Fry had no idea that he was married. She was honest and blindsided. But he called his side piece and told her on December 9th that his wife, this will be this, his first Christmas without his wife, that he was a widow and this would be his first Christmas without his wife. December 9th, just days later, by December 25th, Lacey Peterson was dead and missing. And there is another unique thing about this trial. It is filled with audio tapes. He made numerous audio tapes, unknowingly. They were made clandestinely by Amber and the police. But he incriminated himself incessantly. 
He proved that he was a psychotic, pathological liar and a lech. But he also proved that he was certain Lacey would be dead on December 9th, in his own voice, on these very same tapes. So rarely do you have a premeditated confession of murder that is recorded and played in court. And this is one of those cases. The worst evidence against Scott Peterson is Scott Peterson. His tapes, his lies, his actions, his cavalier pretending that he was in France talking to his mistress or to his side piece during a candlelight vigil for his wife on New Year's Eve. He wasn't involved in the press conferences. He was too busy chatting up his side piece all the time, not just during that vigil, but throughout the searches, throughout the televised command centers for her search parties. He was always off to the side, eating free food, laughing and checking out the other women there. There are countless things that Scott Peterson did to convict Scott Peterson. But let's talk about what this imaginary satanic cult had to do or had to at least instruct him to do in order for their expert and just extremely elaborate framing to be successful. One, they had to tell him to phone his side piece on December 9th and predict the exact day that they would kill Lacey, December 25th. They also had to instruct him to order the porn channel and watch porn on her TV in her home days after her murder. They also had to instruct him to sell her beloved new truck because it was in his way, in his driveway, unnecessarily, and he knew that she would never be coming back to drive it. They would also have to tell him exactly where to dump the body so that they could frame him, or they would have to hear it on the news, right, and place it in the same spot. Now, those who believe the latter occurred are wise enough to say, you know, they wouldn't need a boat to dump her body, which is true. What they fail to realize is that the exact same thing is true for Scott. I have always believed that Lacey was never in the boat, that he was smart enough to load Lacey and the boat on his truck, make sure she was heavily weighed down with his own homemade anchors, and drop her from the bank on the same day or the night before and then make sure that everyone else saw him in that empty boat, which he did successfully, so that the boat was all just a camouflage and an alibi from the very beginning. The boat itself had nothing to do with her death. I think he dropped her from the bank and that's why she and Connor washed up on the shore. But that was never pursued. That's where all the surveillance footage and the question should have been. Did you see a truck on the shoreline in the days when she was missing? So another thing they would have to do is let him know that this is, or, or get his permission 
or somehow get access to his warehouse to see those homemade anchors and copy the exact same homemade anchors. This random satanic cult would have had to do so much in order to frame him so expertly as they did. An alleged stranger, right? This is just ridiculous. It's an insult to anybody's intelligence, even if you have a modicum IQ, that some people robbing a house would go through all of these steps in order to frame a stranger because his wife may have said, may have said hey, who are you guys? Hey, go away, don't rob their house. It's also an insult to Lacey that she would be pregnant and vulnerable and accost some robbers in that fashion. Because the average woman with common sense would see her neighbors being burglarized, quietly enter her own home, and call the police. People do that every day. We're living in a pandemic where home invasions are routine. But people being snatched trying to thwart them are not. Especially when they're eight months pregnant on Christmas Eve. This is America. People of color are framed with absolutely no evidence against them daily and even executed. But here is a white male who years later, when he should have been executed already, except by moratorium, people are still daring to try to defend him. The next time someone asks you or someone tries to deny that white privilege is legit, Just mention Scott Peterson. Tell them to watch this documentary on Hulu. Tell them that being white and male in America means that you can commit a sloppy double murder. You can sit on death row for years and you still may walk free. Because so many people will make up insane stories to protect you. So many people will fight so hard to free you because you are white and male in America. As far as I'm concerned, this case was a done deal on December 9th. The day that Scott called his side piece and clairvoyantly predicted that she would be dead by Christmas. And she was. May Lacey and Connor rest in peace, and may Scott Peterson rest in prison, exactly where he belongs. This entire case is a complete travesty of justice, and there are lots of juries who make the right decisions daily. But just like Nancy Gray said, I bet this jury sleeps well every night because they know they did the right thing and for all the right reasons. And Amber Fry sleeps well because she knows exactly what Scott said to her on December 9th when he predicted that he would be a widow by Christmas. And he was. December 9th, he predicted all. And days later, It all came true, and that is good enough for me because I don't think that he's clairvoyant, but I do believe that he is truly 
a double murderer. This is America, where a white male can sloppily murder his wife, have multiple side pieces, act like a complete evil bastard, order porn, sell trucks, walk around cocky and smiling, playing games on the phone and eating ribs with grins at her candlelight vigils, and still, possibly, someday soon, walk free. That is a travesty, and that is definitive white privilege. Merci. Au revoir.